Within a short amount of time, there were a lot of reports of physical assault. Young girls would go to their teachers crying with their sleeves rolled up and they'd have scratches and bruises on them. And the teachers would be angry and they'd demand to know, who did this to you? And the answer was always the same, no matter what child they asked, that woman. Wait, did you that? see that? <gasps> what? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> this is the part that's scary because nothing's happening. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! That was scary. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That was funny. It's the way we always record now on three. On three. Not one, two, three, just three. Just three. Just <laughs> Somebody three. just shouts three and we go. We go. <laughs> Quick as you can, in a panic, in a hurry. Yeah. We do it. We make it happen. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> How the heck are you? Welcome back. Erin um, said she's going to be gross today, so we're going to be lighthearted for just a moment. Yes. Let's enjoy <laughs> some lightheartedness because I'm I'm not joking, guys. Like go get some crackers, um some ginger ale. <laughs> I'm bringing the thunder. And it's a gross one. It's That's a awful. Gross Mine was pretty gross last week. Mine beats yours. On the It gross beats nose. a house full of disemboweled cut up people yeah. that can't even be identified. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and you're so happy about it. I'm so happy about it. I wasn't going to do this story. Okay. So it wasn't even on my list. I wasn't even going to do it because this is a story I've known since I was like a kid. Um, not all the details. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's wrong with you. <laughs> yes. I didn't know all the details. Um, but after last week's, I was like, she looked pretty horrified by this story, so I should probably tell her a worse one. <laughs> <laughs> You're horrible. That's what I do. That's how I roll. Well, you also have the four horsemen of the apocalypse riding into Pennsylvania today, right? That's right. It's The, the skies have gone black with fear of this story. <laughs> Jesus is coming to prevent me. He's like, don't do it. <laughs> Don't tell it. But the story, it must be told. The truth must be out there. Are you the X-Files all of a sudden? I'm the X-Files. Unsolved the Mysteries. X-Files. Dude, all I wish it. Unsolved Mysteries would come back. Right? That was one of the best shows on TV Right? Ever. Thank you. I say the same thing pretty regularly. I, I just love that show. It's just the it best. It was great. But no, they got to take all the good things away. I know. And now we've got like... Live PD or whatever it is, yeah. stupid cop show. It's not the same. Like, it's not the there's same. There's so much cops. There's so much. And I feel like it's always on. Either live PD or cops is always on. And I feel like half the time, at least, they're in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it makes my city look really bad. Yeah. It is bad. 
but it's not that bad. Well, I was I was watching a ghost show yesterday that was on um, that Travel America or Destination. I, I don't know. Yeah. It was at my mom's. She's got cable like a cool person, not me. Um, but it was some show called Ghost Brothers, and it was like these dudes all over, and they went to Atlanta, and I was like, hey, you want to know what ghost they have? Hot dog ghost that Kirsten would let me see. And now it's not there. Now well, the ghost might be there. there. But hot dog heaven's not there. Hot dog heaven's not there. And Kirsten didn't want to take me to see a There's ghost serving hot dogs. Of... <laughs> That's not what the ghost was. It wasn't like Slimer and Ghostbusters. He was. He was like <laughs> dancing. street vendor. And he's like, here you go, ma'am. You want some ketchup <laughs> on that wiener? <laughs> that sounds like he'd work at the varsity. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? <laughs> That's one place I'll never take you to eat, and that might be sacrilege being here in Atlanta. Why? But it's so gross. Oh, well, then. It's um, just pure grease. Oh. It's awful. Well, we know how my stomach will handle that, so let's not. Yeah. We'll waste let's an entire day. <laughs> an entire day. You're welcome, guys. This is what being in your 30s looks like. We get to talk about our stomachs and their sensitivity. Well, they don't like things. They don't like anything anymore. It's like, feed me watermelon and water, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's oh, all. I love watermelon. Oh, I know. I have sugar babies growing in the garden right now. Well, Yum. I mean, they're it's like a little vine right now, but that's they're gonna be yeah. that's gonna be my diet this summer. I'm gonna lose so much weight, and I'm gonna be so happy. <laughs> I'm gonna be stuffed. <laughs> You're all just the gonna time. be all jacked up on sugar though, <laughs> and pink. I'm just gonna turn pink <laughs> from all of it, and I have no problem with this. It's, it's that's awesome. the way the Lord intended. That's right. I love watermelon. It's okay. Love it, love it. So good. Well, have we had enough lightheartedness? Do we want to get gross? <laughs> I can't even say let's get sta- let's get scary because it, it I mean it, it it's terrifying, but it's really disgusting. So I'll I'll tell you guys. If you're grossed out by Aaron's story, please just stick it out because mine is not gross. It's not even really that scary. It's just a cool story. So I'll bring up the rear with some positivity. <laughs> it's gonna be needed. I'll try It'll not be to be I'll try not to be too disgusting, okay? I'll try to like keep the disgustingness at a minimum. Some of the stuff though, I mean, just to give the full, you know, experience. You know what? We need the whole experience, so don't hold back. Okay. It's fine. Well, see, you guys it's, heard she wants she wants the fine. disgustingness. Let me rearrange my notes here because I decided to save paper. Actually, it's that I ran out of printer paper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not going to give myself that much credit. Okay. I'm ready. You're ready. Yeah. If I start throwing up, I'll mute my microphone. You probably know this story <laughs> because this is um, a story that yet another season of American Horror Story was based off of. Oh, God. I only watched the first season because that show in and of itself creeps me out. Mm, yeah. I've never seen any of it. I, I can't. I can't physically bring myself to watch it because for me, it, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but every time I see a trailer or a preview or whatever or a commercial, I'm like, that just looks like torture porn. And it's just not it my really jam. It really does. Yeah. It's not and my jam. I I think I told you about the the trailer that I saw that had the clown in it. Mm-hmm. And I had no warning, and I cried. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, 
You can laugh at me. I don't care. I'm not. It just caught me off guard. I forgot that you said that you cried. Yeah. I was sitting on the couch with my laptop in my lap, and Mark was sitting there watching TV, and the commercial for the season with the clown in it came on, and I just happened to look up at the TV, and we have a big screen TV, and it filled the screen with this really terrifying clown with sharp, nasty teeth and whatever, and it creeped me out, and I literally threw my MacBook on the floor and ran into the hallway and cried. It scared me so bad. And Mark laughed at me, just like you did now. So thank you. <laughs> so, I wouldn't have laughed at you then. I wouldn't have laughed. At I was you terrified. Then. I mean, I mean, it was awful. Yeah, I wouldn't awful. have laughed at you in the moment. This was months ago. I'm we we I have know. liberties to laugh now. You can laugh at me if I ever randomly stumble upon ET because it will be hysterical sobbing hysterical sobbing yeah like i couldn't mm -mm. help it and i wasn't sobbing it just that was the the reaction i had to seeing that so suddenly and Mm -hmm. unexpectedly yeah and yeah it was awful and it like made my heart skip a beat and it scared me really really badly so yep it's a legit fear guys i'm terrified of clowns even more so creepy clowns with sharp nasty teeth yeah like it's scary. Mm-hmm. And so I will not watch that show. It's awful. Yeah. That, it really is, though. It's torture porn. It's awful. That's what it looks like. That's what it it's looks terrible. like. And the, the stories that the, the stories that they've chosen, and they've, they've definitely taken creative liberties with a lot of the stories. Oh, as absolutely. Hollywood does. But the stories that they're based off of are horrific as it stands. So... To me, I mean, I don't know. I, I do get entertainment from these stories. Like, I'm intrigued by the stories, but I don't want to watch it. You know? I'll yeah. read about it. I'm not going to watch it. But speaking yeah. of terrifying, we're going to rabbit trail for a second here. I have been reading <laughs> I'll Be Gone in the Dark, that book about the Golden State Killer. How is it? Amazing. Amazing. It's it's the the book that Michelle McNamara, Patton Oswalt's late wife, published if you guys don't know. And it is all about the Golden State Killer that they just caught recently. And she digs into the entire case, like, in a way that I've never seen someone. Like, she's obsessed. You can tell. She was obsessed when she was writing it. When she proclaims, like, she self-proclaims, like, I'm obsessed with this. Um, but mm-hmm. the whole book reads like a novel. Like, it doesn't read like a very dry, true crime book. It reads like a novel. So when you're reading it, you are there. Like, it transports you. And that's been a little bit of a mental, like, zap for me. Because now I'm, like, double-checking all of my doors and double-checking all of my windows. And then last night, I'm coming up to bed and I said to my husband, can you go up first? Because if there's a murderer upstairs, I'm going to sacrifice my husband first. Sorry, John. (laughs) You got to take one for the team. But he's got a better chance of fighting them off than you do. Exactly. He's got muscles. Like I've got, you know, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I could probably sway them with my bad sense of humor. Like, hey, no. <laughs> is that your cat? It is a cat. Let me roll back and let him in. That's hilarious. They're like attacking the door. Yes, they like to do that. Ugh. Are you coming? Hi, Ollie. Hold Thanks on. for joining us today. Are you here to listen to the, a brilliant story? Okay, whatever. I don't want to talk to you either. Um, anyway, so he, he goes upstairs for me. He starts to walk up first, and he knows that I'm nervous because I've been reading this book. 
And, and the book is more terrifying than any of the research I've done for ghost stories because it's... It's real. It's real. It's so yeah. real. It's so It recent. actually happened. And, and, like, the dude's still alive and he's, like, no remorse, like, whatever. And he's going up the stairs and all of a sudden his body jerks really hard like he's going to fall backwards and he makes this horrible sound. And it's, like, midnight 30, you know? It's, like, real late. I'm tired and not completely, like, aware. And I think, oh, my God, my husband's just been murdered on the stairs. And I jump about through the roof. (laughs) Heart's pounding. I'm ready to be, like, seriously, like, lump in my throat, like, terrified. And then he turns and looks at me. And he just starts laughing. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to fix the ceiling this weekend now, too. (laughs) Like, you just. You just <laughs> suck. Because I thought you were dead, and now I wish you, you were. You should have known. I should have he known. He was going to do something like that. Well, you would think he wouldn't, given my heart condition. That's what I keep saying. I'm like, when I die, it's going to be your fault. And then I'm going to do like that that movie. What is it? House on Haunted Hill or something? Not House on Haunted Hill. What's that movie? I don't know what movie you're talking about. Oh, it's this movie that... Um, woman it's, and and I know that there are there are listeners right now who are like screaming because they know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um a wife has a heart condition. Husband like is a terrible person. Wife's best friend and wife come up with a plan to kill the husband. They kill the husband, he comes back. She has a heart attack and dies. Turns out the No idea. Oh my gosh! Well, that anyway, doesn't sound familiar to me at all. <laughs> it turns out that the the dude and his uh, like the husband and the wife's best friend are having an affair, and they faked his death so that mm. they could scare her into having a heart attack. That's a pretty elaborate plan. It is a pretty elaborate plan. But then she comes back as a ghost, and she strangles the 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 best friend in the shower with a necklace chain, and she scares the dude out of the house. What kind and of stuff are you watching, girl? This is on Lifetime. <laughs> You know what? That sounds like a cheesy Lifetime movie, now that you say that. It's so elaborate and ridiculous. It was awesome. Like, 14-year-old Aaron was like, yeah, get him. Get him. (laughs) So if I die of a heart issue because my husband scared me, y'all better watch for him and pray for him real hard because he's coming with me. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding, John. (laughs) Only half kidding, John. Only half kidding. Okay, so. You won't have to worry about Aaron haunting you. You'll have to worry about me coming up to Pennsylvania and killing you. That's right. (laughs) That's right. See, I got people. I got your back. That's right. So, okay. (laughs) Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, we are going I think it's so weird that you're just over there like happy and dancing as you're preparing to get into something really gross. It's truly (laughs) horrific. You're really going to question my sanity (laughs) when I tell you this story. It's such a good story, but it's so bad. It's so bad. So like I said, you guys, this was the story that they based the, um, I think it's the Coven season off of. And as soon as I say the name, y'all are going to be like, oh, God. It's about... um, Delphine LaLaurie. We are going back to New Orleans. To New Orleans. We're going back. Um, and this story is truly... You're shaking your head. You know this one, don't you? I don't. You I don't, don't know, know this story. One? I don't research things like you do. 
<laughs> I'm not weird like you are. I'm not weird. I only research my own stories. I'm, I don't get into other stuff. I've been doing this since before Girls and Ghouls. This is my yeah, life. Yeah, I know. This is my, my, my jam. Okay, so... Um, French Quarter, New Orleans, 1832. It's a, you know, like prime time in the French Quarter. It's like all ritzy and fashionable and all of that. And, um, in 1832, a New Orleans socialite and her husband, Dr. Leonard Louis Nicholas LaLaurie, because he's a man so nice they had to name him four times. <laughs> four times. That was his I name. I just love how you said it. Leonard Lewis Nicholas LaLaurie. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Like, what a name. That's a mouthful. We're going to call it him is. Leo. Okay. Leo built a three-story house um, on, I don't know what street it is. Hold on. I can tell you. I have it. Here it is. It's on Royal Street because he was a royal. He he was, he felt like he needed a house on Royal Street. Um, built this beautiful mansion and it became the LaLaurie house. And it was a very, very popular house because the wife of the doctor, Marie Delphine LaLaurie, was a prominent, like, socializing like party throwing extravagant kind of woman and she was a woman of, of like for the people you know many people in the community admired her um she was always willing to lend a hand she was considered very kind and very respectful but miss delphine which is what she goes by is delphine uh she was a a widow a two-time widow um the deaths of her previous husbands were not recorded as to how they died, which leads me to go, hmm, hmm, hmm questions I have. And you guys will think the same thing as we get going. So, um, Madame LaLaurie was well known for her spectacular parties and galas. Um, she had them frequently in her home and she was one of the most well-known women in New Orleans at the time. One of the unusual things about her relationships was that she actually lived just a few blocks away from the voodoo queen Marie Laveau. And while there isn't a whole lot of information about their relationship, there is record of them having a relationship of sorts, which is quite strange because Marie Laveau was a prominent voodoo queen and black. And I'm bringing this up so that you guys can just keep all of this in mind <laughs> as we keep going through the story. So Madame LaLaurie had two daughters. Her daughters were beautiful, but um, afraid of her, which a lot of people didn't understand because Delphine was such a kind and gentle woman. Despite that, despite the fact that she was very publicly kind and gentle there were nasty rumors starting that she was cruel to her slaves and she had a lot of them a lot of slaves in order to kind of sway that that rumor and to just stop it where it's where it was she would behave a very specific way with her servants and her slaves in front of people. They say that if a servant or slave would approach her and would tremble or be nervous, she would soothe them. There's one record that says those who visited her said she was kind to her servants. If one of them were to tremble in her presence or startled at the sound of her voice, she would soothe and endeavor to reassure her. This is something that was well noted, but it was also noted that her slaves trembled in her presence and were startled at the sound of her voice. 
eventually, the rumors started to pick back up because they saw Madame LaLaurie chasing a young slave girl through the yard with a whip. And no one did anything about it because during this period of time, slaves were not considered people. They were property and you could treat them pretty much however you wanted within reason. There was a, there, there was a limit, you know, but they saw the girl running through the yard and eventually through the house screaming. She's just screaming in terror. She does not want Delphine to get a hold of her. They see her run out onto the balcony and rather than get caught by Delphine, she jumps to her death. This girl... What? Mm-hmm. This girl was probably nine. Oh, A young that's so girl. sad. But that's how... That's how scared she was of Delphine. And that brought a lot of controversy around the family, too. But they, you know, they did everything they could to, you know, quiet the rumors. Like, no, our slaves are treated well. The other thing that people started noticing after that day, because they saw that she was brought into the house. Delphine had her carried, had the slave girl carried in the house and then buried in a very shallow grave in the middle of the night, by the way. But they started to pay more attention to her slaves after that. And they noticed that she had a very high slave turnover rate. Like she would buy slaves and then those slaves would go missing. And people didn't really, like they didn't know what to do about it. Um, or what to think about it. But at some point, they found out that she was, like, beating, profusely beating her, like, especially even the young ones, like the children. And that because some of them were missing and unaccounted for, she had her slaves taken from her at a certain point. However, she was obsessed with her slaves in, an, like, a sick, unhealthy way. And she convinced her family members that didn't live in the household to go and buy the slaves back at the auction. The slaves that she had taken from her, the exact same ones. She didn't look for new ones. And she had them buy these slaves at the auction and bring them back to her house. And then she paid them for doing it. So she has her slaves back and she's got them in secret. Things start to stir up a little bit more when people start hearing like screaming and stuff coming from the house, but they can't figure out where it's coming from, like why it's happening. She's still having these lavish parties. People are still going because they don't want to, they don't want to go against the status quo. You know, they want to continue to be in that level of society. But in 1834, the house catches on fire and it's a terrible fire. And it turns out that Madame LaLaurie's cook had set the fire. Now, Madame LaLaurie's cook was an elderly black woman, and she spent her life chained to the stove. Her entire life was chained to that stove. Because Madame LaLaurie didn't believe that the slave would do her job if she wasn't chained there, and she didn't believe that she would stay if she wasn't chained there. So she she just kept her chained that way. But because she was getting old, she knew that something bad was going to happen. And she said that she didn't want to be taken to the attic. Because if you went to the attic, you don't come back. So she would rather die of her own cause, like of her, you know, her own means, than go into this attic with Madame LaLaurie. So she set the house on fire in hopes that she would burn to death. 
and that the house would just burn to the ground. And she said that the night before she had a dream of her being in the fire in the kitchen, which is why she was inspired to do it. She survived. But as the house was on fire, they the the neighborhood comes to help because the house is, I mean, it's not like a little kitchen fire. The whole house is ablaze. It's a giant wooden mansion, you know, the whole house is ablaze. The neighborhood is coming to help and the fire department has come and Madame LaLaurie and her husband are moving their possessions, like their physical possessions. There are no slaves anywhere. They can't find any of them. And finally, the people in the, the neighborhood, they're like, where are Madame LaLaurie's servants that they're not helping in the efforts to save the house? Madame LaLaurie is quoted with this answer. Never mind the servants. Save my valuables. This way, gentlemen, this way. So she, she's not concerned about her servants. She knows that they're in the house, but she's, she doesn't care. She just wants her, her valuables taken out. And the people of the neighborhood are outraged because as poorly as they treated slaves in this time, it was a completely different thing to let a whole group of human beings burn alive. So they start yelling about it. You know, where, where are the servants? We've got to find the servants. And someone said that there are human beings locked in a room and they're going to be roasted alive in the flames. And, and they're not, I don't know who it was that said it, but that's noted everywhere that a voice yelled that. Uh, my guess is, is it was the servant in the kitchen because they pulled her first. They were able to get her out. They're looking for keys. They're, they've got the, some of the fire taken care of. You know, it's under control at this point, but it's at a point where they still have to get people out. The lorries, they're not giving the keys up. They're not going to hand them over. They can't get keys. So one of the Creoles said, who will follow me through the smoke and the flames to help me get these servants out of the house? About a dozen people volunteered and they stormed into the house. They searched the house. They can't find anything until they get to the attic and they realize that there is an iron, there's a door made of iron bars between the wing where the attic, like, like walkway is and the actual attic door. It's impossible to get into. Uh, they end up breaking everything down, like around the wall to get in. And when they get in, they discover what the New Orleans Bee, that was the newspaper at the time, called the LaLaurie Torture Room. They burst the door open and they found old women in there with heavy iron collars on their neck and iron upon their feet. Those women were brought out, but that was just the most mild of it. There were uh, so many servants crammed in this room and they were in various states. And this is the part where I'm going to try to be sensitive, okay? People in various states of torture. Um, people with their hands sewn to their bodies. Um, a woman had all of her extremities broken, all of her, her arms and legs broken. And then she was crammed into a cage for a small dog and had her bones reset at odd angles so she could fit into the cage oh my god there was a woman who was strapped to a table with animal excrement in her mouth and her lips sewn shut a man that was filleted still partially alive with his intestines wrapped around his wrists and it gets worse from there 
those are the more mild things that happened. Now, when questioned, the Lalori said that they were conducting medical experiments. These were not medical experiments. This was a room for a sadist. The surviving slaves were rescued. Many of them died. Most of them died because the level of torture had been so bad. Um, some of the people had been left hanging with like wounds on them for a long time and they just starved to death. There was a, a collar that she really enjoyed using that looked like the prong collars that you use for training dogs. But it was fashion that every time you'd take a breath, the prongs would dig deeper into your throat and effectively kill you. But it would take a long time because uh, Madame Delphine never wanted anybody to die quickly. She wanted to drag it out as long as humanly possible. That's just the way she was. She was just an evil, horrible woman. The day after the bodies are discovered, the day after the torture room is discovered, a mob comes to the house and effectively tears it the rest of the way down. Whatever's left from the fire, um, they tear it down. They're just outraged, outraged, and especially outraged because Madame LaLaurie realized that she had been caught and that while there weren't a lot of laws about treatment of slaves, there were laws about what she was doing. So she and her family hopped in a carriage and they took off. They left and they got away with it. She died in Paris um, in 1849 of natural causes, I believe. The house was um, rebuilt because they, you know, they had that space there. They, they built up what was, they fixed what was left, of, you know, essentially. But people didn't like it. The people in New Orleans, you know, they, don't, they, they treat the dead with a lot of respect in New Orleans, especially when it's something so horrifying. So they built it back up, but people didn't want to go near it because they said that they could hear screams of agony coming from the empty house at night and often saw apparitions of slaves walking around balconies and in yards. So they would just walk past the house, this house that was like either in the process of being re repaired or shortly after, because even after they built it, no one wanted it. No one wanted to live in that house. No one wanted to buy the house. Um, but they would see these slaves. Uh, because it wasn't used, vagrants would take up, you know, residence there. They would kind of go and stay on the property. But it was not a popular place even for homeless people because... They say that there were many vagrants who had gone into the house seeking shelter from the weather in New Orleans, and they were never heard from again. No one knows why. There are no additional bodies that were found on the property beyond what was found whenever they did the investigation on Madame LaLaurie. Um, the house was put back on the market and purchased by a man who kept it for only three months. He bought the house. He lived in the house for three months. And... He said he couldn't stay there because he heard strange noises all through the night, groans and crying and screaming, and he couldn't take it. And it was just him. So he knew that it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't a TV. This was like prior to TV. He moved out and then he started trying to lease the rooms as like apartment type things. He couldn't keep tenants. Tenants wouldn't stay because they said that there was just so much noise. There was a coldness always walking through them and noises all the time. So it was abandoned. He gave up because 
he knew there's you you can't fix that you can't well instead of just leaving it like you should the lalori mansion was turned into an all-girls school which you know is just i'm sorry but no that's like that or a convent are probably the two worst things you could put in there yep now, here's the part that's really insane about it, is not only is it an all-girls school, it was one of the first mixed schools in the city of New Orleans, and then it was converted into a strictly all-girls African-American primary school. Oh, no. Within a short amount of time, there were a lot of reports of physical assault. Young girls would go to their teacher's crying with their sleeves rolled up and they'd have scratches and bruises on them and the teachers would be angry and they'd demand to know who did this to you and the answer was always the same no matter what child they asked that woman Mm-mm. they would describe the woman there was no woman that worked there like that it was what people believe delphine who came back to her old torture chamber Eventually, a teacher, another teacher was blamed for all of that, but they found out that she was innocent. Um, the students all were like, no, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't this teacher. It was a male teacher that they had accused. They thought that there was, like, sexual abuse going on, but it had nothing to do with that. So they closed the school, obviously. Like, that wasn't a great idea to have a school to begin with, um, and then they turned it into apartments. As you do, you turn things into apartments. Um, one of the people that lived in the apartment was found brutally murdered in his room. Brutally murdered. And no one really knows why. Um, he didn't have any, like, ties to any sort of crime. He wasn't of any, like, particular social status that he would, you know. It wasn't, like, something that made sense. And when his friends were questioned about his murder and his neighbors were questioned, because the neighbors were questioned about it, too, they said that the house was plagued with sprites. Sprites? Sprites. All sorts of little things running around and making noise. And they thought that he had been driven crazy and that somehow that had something to do with him being murdered was because of all the craziness in the house. One of the friends said that his friend had claimed that there was a demon in the house who wasn't going to rest until he met his end. The man died, and some of the bad activity apparently stopped it, got a little bit calmer. So, which I think that's pretty insane. Yeah. Later on, um, there's a woman who is touring the house, and this is this is closer to our time now. Um, she's touring the house, and she walks through where the kitchen was. Mm-mm. And she hears a noise, and she turns, and a black man in chains comes running at her. She braces herself because she thinks she's about to be attacked by someone, and the man vanishes before her eyes. She skedaddled. She was like, nope, no more tour. I'm done. I'm out. So... It's not being used as an apartment building, I don't believe. It's changed hands quite a few times. Nicolas Cage bought it. He owned it for a while. Um, Really? Yeah, he owned it for, uh, I think he was the last owner. He's kind of a weird dude anyway. He's, he has actually already bought a burial plot in the St. 
what's it called? Whatever the Saint something cemetery mm. is in New Orleans. Yeah, he's really obsessed with with where Laveau is buried. Oh. She's buried there. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. not a good place. I wouldn't want to be. No, he's an he's a weird dude. Well, he doesn't own it anymore. He lost it in foreclosure. It's owned by someone. I don't believe she lives there, but they've had it, it's part of the like New Orleans Historical Society because it's a historical place. Um, but they they have had mediums come out, and there's uh, a medium who talks about how terrifying the house is. Um, it's just dark and cold and scary, and that there's a little girl who is often there in the yard running. And she sees the little girl. Other people have claimed to see her, a little girl named uh, Leah. Or Leah. I don't know how the pronunciation is. Um, but she apparently started talking about this little girl because she's explaining like she's here. She's running around. The lights all started flickering. The lights of the lampposts start flickering. And whenever they said her name again, all the lights blew out. They just burn out all of them. Wow. Another tour guide had come to talk about it. They do these like ghost tours, which Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about a ghost tour here. (laughs) I wouldn't want to do one there. I wouldn't want to do one there either. She's walking around. She's got a messenger bag and she feels something tug the messenger bag. So she whips around thinking there's a pickpocket or something. There's no one close enough to her to have touched her. She turns back around, got back into character, like, oh, spooky. And the tug comes again harder <laughs> on her. Um, again, there's no one there. No one there. The newest owner is a woman named Carol Williams. And Carol, she restored the house, or like, not restored it, I guess. She tried to make it like this combination of modern awesome and old school cool. It looks terrifying. The house looks terrifying now on the inside, and she she loves the way she, the way it looks. But she says that that it's quite spooky still, not as violent as it used to be because people would get touched and pushed and just the normal thing that you would expect. But some of the weird things that happen there is that the water faucets will all turn on on their own by themselves. They just turn on on their own. Um, so she'll have to go around the house when she's there and turn all the water faucets off. The front door just likes to open. It just opens up, and they'll hear footsteps come in, footsteps go out, close. That's it. The footsteps are actually quite, they're heard a lot to the point that, like, the contractors don't like to work there. When they had contractors, they... I can't say I blame them. No, I, I don't blame them either. Um, a lot of the contractors had a high turnover rate. Like, they would quit because they'd go in, and they'd hear they'd hear crying, or they'd hear footsteps come up behind them, or they'd feel something like tap them on the shoulder, or just random stuff. Many of them were too afraid to stay. A lot of them became used to it, and they realized that it wasn't anything that was going to hurt them. Uh, but M- Mrs. Williams thought, like, oh, this is no big deal. So she's at the house. She's at the home with a friend. Um, and I, this is the last I saw of her actually living there. If she's still living there, I don't know. Um, but she's there with a friend when all of a sudden her microwave turns on. The front door flew open, the TV started playing, and her dog began barking on high alert in the direction of the bedroom. He couldn't be quieted. And then her cell phone rang from her home phone. She said, I didn't answer it. We just got out of there. That apparently is something that happens a lot. The house will be empty, and the home phone will call whatever cell phone is closest. That's scary. 
And people will answer and you'll either hear nothing or you'll hear what sounds like quiet voices. You can't make out anything, but it's always from the home phone to the point. And it's, and it's bad enough that there's one story that the phone was disconnected, like it wasn't plugged in and it called. Yep. So you can go see the LaLaurie mansion and pay your respects to the many, 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 many people that were uh, murdered. She is considered one of the most uh, prolific female serial killers. Delphine is um, between her and the blood. I think it's the blood countess and then her are the, the top two, but there are no ghosts with the blood countess, but uh, you can go visit the LaLaurie house. You can't really go in. You're not allowed to go in. I wouldn't want to go in. I wouldn't want to go in either. Uh, it doesn't sound like a very pleasant place to be. Nope. Um, you can wander around the property a little bit. There are bodies, several bodies buried. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to either. There's several probably bodies more bodies buried than they think because I they think... don't know how many people she actually killed. Yeah, they don't know. Um, and a lot of the people were buried elsewhere that were killed because, like, there was a man um, in the attic that had a hole drilled into his head and she had a stick in the hole that she would stir every so often. And he obviously died, but he was buried elsewhere. The people that they recovered from the attic were buried elsewhere, the ones that didn't make it. And so, so many of them didn't. Um, They did find the remains, I believe, of 12 people that were there. So lots of... Lots of evil. She And this is why, that's honestly, this story is why I don't watch American Horror Story. Because the story is horrifying. And to turn it into a TV show is just like, oh my gosh, it's horrible. Yeah. But you still can go visit. It's a beautiful structure. Um, the inside is terrifying because the lady painted it all like dark purples and all the upholstery is like skull covered and gothic looking and like not cool. Um, but don't be surprised if you see... People peeking out of the attic windows Mm-mm. and you hear the desperate cries of the slaves hoping to be freed. And that's it. That's the LaLaurie mansion. It's disgusting. Yeah. That's it gets me. Awful. Every time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So um, that's pretty bad. I don't even know it's what to say bad. to that. It's pretty bad, huh? <laughs> you should, like, I kept it very, very like what's the word tame for this because when I read some of the stuff I was literally like I couldn't because I I only knew parts of it I knew parts of the story I didn't know the whole thing because I don't want to know any more than what you told me no I don't want to know that's awful so much worse if you guys have any kind of morbid curiosity you can look there are lots of stories we won't judge you we won't please don't don't share it Anywhere don't where share I can see it because no, I don't, don't want to see it. Don't share it. Um, mm-hmm. It's really gross. It's really hor- horrifying. The treatment of these people was un- it, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the fact that she just walked free, like, horrifying. Horrifying. Um, to the point that, you know, even the people in New Orleans afterwards, they called her a demon and um, so many other names. She had a yeah, lot of names. Yeah, that's pure evil. I mean, it pure is evil. pure, unadulterated evil. Yeah. Now, the weird thing is about the, the weird part about this is they, they don't actually know where her husband was when she left. She, like, got her daughters and she just, she 
was gone, but they don't know where her husband was. They have no idea. And the other weird thing is that despite being raised around such an evil woman, because Delphine was horrible, Mm -hmm. she had these two daughters. They were not like her. They would try, they showed the slaves compassion and love, and they would try to feed the slaves. And when they would, she'd beat them. Like, she was a horrible person. Like, no no sense of remorse. She was no psychotic. Guilt. She was psychotic. And her daughters were not. And they were not That's right. That's the difference. Yeah. She had no compassion. Think. Like, psychotic people have no emotion. Right. There's, they don't feel... Yeah. They don't feel empathy. They don't mm-hmm. feel remorse. They're, they're yeah. just... They're, you just, just they're not. Think. Like, they're not necessarily crazy, even though they do Mm -hmm. crazy things, but they just don't feel. Right. You would think, though, that, like, they would end up being, like, cold, hard people from everything that they witnessed, just as a, like, a self-defense mechanism. But there's nothing about that. They apparently were kind, you know, kind young women, like, through their whole lives, and they treated slaves very, very well, and... Thank God for that. I know. All I could think about, though, was the similarities between um, her and people will probably think this is crazy, but um, have you you've heard of the the Black Widow Mm -hmm. killer? I was I just listened to a story about her a couple of days ago and I was like, oh, my gosh, this woman has like the same (laughs) pattern here, except worse because you could get away with a lot more back in the day. Yeah. You know, you couldn't get away with having a torture room. You can't do that stuff. Um, you can't buy torture devices now without someone being like, uh, red flag, what are you doing? What's going on? But, yeah. Crazy, horrible, evil, gross, lots of ghosts. Yeah. The ghosts are not happy. Yeah. Poor things, man. Poor I know. people. That's I want to know why they don't, because and I couldn't find anywhere, anywhere, and I looked, um, why haven't they come in to, like, try to bless the house to try to, like, send these, like, tortured spirits onward? They may have. It just might not be documented because the Catholic Church is very closed-lipped about that yeah, kind of stuff. True. And that they don't even is... They don't like to talk about their exorcisms or anything. Like, they don't talk well, about it. And Catholicism in New Orleans at that time was a completely different thing. Yeah. Um, because they had, at that point in time, it was this weird blend of Catholicism and, um, oh man, the, not voodoo, but the, the other popular practice. Like, yeah. well, it was like Puritan too. A lot of the Puritans still, cause you know, it was from yeah. people who were still fairly new to religion and at all. And then you bring over a lot of the British influence and, you know, you have the Creole and the Spanish and all of that. It's just. All right. kinds of belief systems in play there. Oh, okay. No, I I, I was right here. So, um, yeah, they had because of the the time period and the the different cultures of New Orleans because we had the very like upscale French Quarter um, mm-hmm. Catholics. There were strong Catholics there. Then they were also the Voodooists, which I would you know, which is a stronger religion, not the voodoo that we think of with like the dolls and the pins yeah. and the needles and stuff, but the actual religion that originated in Africa. Because of the the placement of these two religions, there was a, a period of time where they were blended together 
where a lot of the Creoles would have saints, Catholic saints, and they would go to like Catholic mass, but they also had voodoo going on as well. They practiced both of them like in harmony. So it was a weird, weird time. It's very a weird, weird time. See, that makes me want to get into Marie Laveau because she was a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You look, you look shook over there. I'm, I'm disturbed. It's, it's awful. It's so sad. It is. Yeah. It just makes me sad for those people. Oh, she gonna get hers though. Mm. You know, when she died, there were some people waiting. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's get just hers. sad. It's and that terrible. poor little girl. That I mean, think yeah. of what she saw, oh, and how bad it was. That she chose to jump and kill herself at nine years old yep. rather than be tortured. Well, that was that was kind of a common thing, a common belief from that household was that a lot of the people that died, um, that died before they just vanished, mm-hmm. they were committing suicide because they knew that they were going to end up in the attic at some point. God, it's just awful. It's mm-hmm. just awful. Yep. So let's all take a deep breath. <sighs> that was heavy. Was mm. my next story will be less heavy. No, it mine won't is be. way less heavy. Look at you. You're like you're sick. I'm not sick. I'm There's like the ghost. Something stories. wrong. The with next you. one. The next one is definitely less evil and more like <laughs> it's old too. Feel that tingle down your spine? Is someone watching you? What's that shadow? I get it, this haunted tale is a little scary, but it's fine, it's fine. Because you can share that scary feeling and talk it out in our free community. Head to facebook.com backslash groups backslash girls and ghouls to hang out with the rest of our ghoul friends and share your own spooky stories. Okay, enough chit chat. It's time to get scary. Okay, well... If you're still listening and you haven't, like, passed out or thrown up or just turned it off, hopefully you're still here. I kept it. Because we're going to go. We're going to. I'm taking you guys on a field trip. We're going to the happiest place on earth. We're going to Disneyland. Yay. (laughs) And people are like, wait, what? What? (laughs) Because this is a ghost podcast. We're going to talk about Mickey and Minnie. Yeah, and how they're actually just ghosts? No. They're ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> they're ghost mice. That's <laughs> just right. Just running around. Disneyland is haunted. Don't know if you guys knew that or not, but uh, we're going to go to Disneyland and we're going to meet some of the ghosts. Now, this is a lot more lighthearted, a whole lot more lighthearted. Like, it's probably good that I chose this one today because it could not be more extreme. <laughs> Opposite of Aaron's story. Um, So we're going to go on a field trip to California, to Disneyland. Disneyland opened to the public on July 17th, 1955. And of all of the Disney theme parks, this was the only one that Walt Disney himself oversaw from start to finish. In fact, he lived on the property in an apartment on Main Street that you can still go see today. So he was there for the entire thing. Um, so we're going to go visit. We're going to go visit and go on some rides and have a grand old time. Are you ready? Ready to go ride some rides? Yes. (laughs) Okay. As long as this doesn't end in like blood and decapitation. Well, no decapitation. Okay. (laughs) So our first stop is the Haunted Mansion ride. 
you guys have been on the Haunted Mansion ride, right? It's all cutesy little monsters and whatever, and they're singing, and you have a little seance mm-hmm. room and all this fun stuff. So that ride at Disneyland opened in 1969, and you get into a buggy, and you ride through the animated Haunted Mansion. So as you get on the ride, you enter the seance room, and in this room, there's a table with a crystal ball on top and a chair, and there's a book of spells. So... When the ride was being constructed in the mid-60s, a worker claimed that he would hear faint sounds of music coming through the walls, but there mm-hmm. was never a source of that music. Never could be found. Mm. And he kept trying to figure out where it was coming from, and it was time for the ride to open, and he could still hear this music. So to cover it up, they mounted speakers there <laughs> to project the sound of the ride, and you can't hear the music and sounds coming from this place that nobody knows it just they don't know where it's coming from so yeah so there's a speaker there now so you can't hear what's going on otherworldly you just hear the ride that's not cool i want to hear (laughs) otherworldly so the book of spells the book of spells in the seance room people say that it moves on its own workers will close up the ride at night and they Mm -hmm. have to like i don't know if you guys are super familiar with like the back end operation of disney but the workers of every ride they have to walk the rides every night after they close to make sure there's not people hiding out in there make sure nothing's broken whatever right so workers will do this they'll walk the ride and they'll put the book you know they have the book on the table or whatever in the seance room the next day workers will come in And the book is moved to a different part of the ride. And they said that this happens often. They're constantly having to go find the book and put it back in the seance room. What? On its pedestal. Yeah. Um, So as you come to the end of the ride, you might hear the sounds of a little boy crying. And you might even see him. You might even see this little boy. Why is he crying? Um, He might be sitting right next to you in the ride. No. No. A mother years ago was so distraught by her young son's untimely death that she brought his ashes to Disneyland and sprinkled them inside the ha- the haunted mansion. Oh and god. This happens more frequently than you can imagine. It's illegal, but people do it all the time. What? All the time. People scatter their loved ones' ashes inside Disneyland. Why? So ever since this mom did that inside the haunted mansion, People have seen this little boy in different places within the mansion, and he's often crying. And people have even said that they'll see him sitting in the buggy ride next to him, next to them. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you said this wasn't going to be horrifying. It's that's, not horrifying. That's not horrifying. <laughs> well, then buckle up, because, yeah, there's other stuff. No. All right, so now we're going to go to Tomorrowland. And there's quite a few things going on in Tomorrowland for some spooktacular adventures. So our first ride in Tomorrowland is the Matterhorn. You guys have seen the Matterhorn, right? It's a bobsled ride. You go up into a snow-capped mountain, and you try to outrun the abominable snowman. Mm-hmm. There have been two very sad deaths inside the Matterhorn. Was that a little boy? Did no. Did kill them? No. The little boy did not kill people. The little boy's in the haunted mansion. He's just sad. That's all. That's all he does. Because left him at the haunted mansion. Yeah. That's all he does. He just stays there. He doesn't go to Tomorrowland. So on in May of 1964, a 15-year-old boy by the name of Mark Maples unbuckled his seatbelt and stood up on the ride. 
Stupid, stupid teenage boy, right? I'm sorry, I hate to talk that way of the dead, but that's just stupid. Wow. He stood up, he was thrown from the bobsled, he had severe injuries, and he died three days later. My gosh. 20 years later, in January of 1984, a a woman, a 48-year-old woman by the name of Dolly, she was killed on the Matterhorn in an incident that was very similar to Mark Maple's death. However, she unbuckled and stood up to help another rider. There was a child there, apparently, that was having some issues with their seatbelt. She unbuckled to help him, mm-hmm. and she was thrown out of the bobsled. Her This is awful. I'm sorry, guys. Her head and her chest became pinned beneath the wheels of the ride. Yes. And she was run over and dragged by the next bobsled and died in the ride. So. Wait a minute. You yeah. promised lighthearted. I know. This is the worst one. Okay, good. That's horrible. I know. It's really oh, sad because she stood up to help or like unbuckled to help. Wolf. And I guess they either went around a curve because it's kind of a fast moving ride. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she was pinned beneath the bobsled and dragged on the track and it killed her. Um, so the section where she died is now known by everybody who works there as Dolly's Dip. Um, and like I said, workers are required to walk the ride at night. And mm-hmm. many workers have claimed to both see and feel Dolly's presence on the ride tracks. They said that it's kind of a comforting feeling, though. It's not scary. They just have this overwhelming sense that there's somebody there watching them. And yeah. there's a former worker, actually, I found a blog post that she wrote about working there. And she said that the lights in Dolly's Dip in her six years of working that ride never worked. Just in that one section. And they'd replace them and they'd never work. Wow. So, yeah. So that's Dolly. Sweet Dolly. Um, there's no, There's no, like, mention of the boy who died there being mm-hmm. in the ride but i just wanted to mention it because a lot of people don't know about the deaths that have happened in disney right. world so Disneyland. moral of that story don't unbuckle your seatbelts. yeah you know like, just don't do it don't do it they have safety precautions for a reason so all right so we're going to get off the matterhorn and then we're going to head over to space mountain if you decide to ride space mountain alone you might end up with a passenger next no, to you I won't. lovingly referred to as mr one way So, Mr. One-Way is a large, burly man with red hair and a reddish, ruddy face. He looks completely alive when he gets on the ride and sits next to you. However, before the ride ends, he vanishes into thin air. Oh, heck no. He's rumored to be that of a man who supposedly died on Space Mountain sometime in the 70s, but I could not find record of a death in Space Mountain in the 70s, so I don't know if that's just a rumor or if that's true. But many, many people have seen this man, and they said that they think he's very much alive until he's just not there at the end of the ride. I mean... <laughs> it's making you question your summer vacation plans, right? Like You're just like, yeah, like, okay, maybe we're not going to Maybe we're not going to go to Disneyland. Um, so keep your eyes open for the other ghost of Space Mountain. It's a glowing green apparition of a young woman called Disco Debbie. Disco Debbie? Yep, that's what her, they call her. She is the spirit of cast member who died there. Oh. Um, she had an aneurysm while she was at work, and oh. she was working that ride. Um, they said apparently she'll ride the cars. She'll appear in the middle of the ride on the track, 
mm-hmm. and she wanders around the building. I mean, I guess if you're going to haunt a place, there are worse places that you could haunt. I mean, right? She just loved Free it. Rides, she was a young forever. girl working there at Disneyland, and she loved it. I actually have a video that I'll put in our Facebook group that's five different um, ghost sightings at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're pretty creepy. Like, there's one that shows a ghost getting on the Space Mountain ride and sitting down next to somebody. Like, you can see it. It almost looks like a light apparition of sorts like it's white yeah. and kind of transparent but you can see something you don't know what it is but you can see something step onto the ride and sit down next to a Ugh. person no <laughs> so yeah. let's walk around Tomorrowland a little bit um while we're walking around we might encounter the ghost of a teenage boy by the name of ricky 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 was 17 years old he lived in hawthorne california And he was killed in August of 1967 when he, just like Mark Mables, disregarded safety instructions. And he exited his people mover car as the ride was passing through a tunnel. Now, if you're not familiar with people mover, people mover is not a ride that's around anymore. They've actually changed it into something else. But it was a very slow moving ride. And it was just cars attached to each other and you could just see the whole park so you would slowly ride through the whole park it's kind of like the monorail but really slow and individual little cars so it was literally just a people mover and people thought that it was pretty safe because it moved so slow but no i mean it's still a ride there's still things that happen so he exited his people mover car right when it was about to go through a tunnel he slipped as he was jumping from car to car and he was crushed to death between the wheels of oncoming cars. Mm. Poor Ricky. Poor Ricky. Oh the ride no. itself closed in 1995, but Ricky is still there. He wanders the property of Tomorrowland, and he even likes to pull the hair of blonde women. Oh, you could go. <laughs> I mean, you know, if he wants to pull my hair, whatever. That I don't know that that would really bother me a whole lot. <laughs> There's nothing scary about any of these stories, guys. It's very lighthearted, I promise. Like, it's sad. The deaths are sad, but the ghosts themselves are not creepy. So we're good. So we're still in Tomorrowland. We've got one more stop. You guys might be familiar with the Carousel of Progress. It used to be known as America Sings. Now, the way that this ride is set up is there's a circular stage in the middle, And then there's like four different sections of theater seating and they rotate around the stage. So if you go there when it was America Sings, you would get four shows and you would watch one like three to five minute show and then you would spin and you'd watch the second one and whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's called the Carousel of Progress now. And uh, when it first opened, about a week after it opened as America Sings back in July of 1974, there was an 18 year old cast member. Um, working at the attraction, her name was Deborah Gale Stone, and unfortunately, she was working on America Sings as one of the show people, and um, around 10.30 that night, her foot got stuck on the rotating stage, and she oh, was no. crushed between two walls, and nobody found her until hours later. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, there was a stationary stage in the rotating section. And she got crushed as it was rotating. Um, Nobody saw it happen, but some of the audience and cast members heard her screams at the time, but they thought it was part of the show. So that happened at like 1030. She didn't get found until about 11 o'clock. So she was stuck there for about half an hour. Um, 
and they discovered it when the stage was being reset for the next show. So they closed the ride after that happened. They did some repairs to make it safer. But people say that they will hear a disembodied woman's voice say, be careful. Yeah. Like a lot of the cast members hear her telling them to please be careful. Yeah. So poor sweet Deborah. Um, yeah. It's very sad. Like these deaths are so sad, guys. They're so sad. These are supposed, this is supposed to be the happiest place on earth. And- I know. I know. You can still go and you can pay your respects and whatever. Okay. Man. We're not done. Got some more rides to go on. So now we're going to go over to the Tower of Terror. I love this ride. (laughs) This is one of my favorite rides. I'm serious. I love this ride. I rode the Tower of Terror in Florida like Mm -hmm. 15 times. I love it. This is the one where you go through the Twilight Zone and then you have the drop. Okay. Okay. So that's the one we're on. We're going to do that one. And it's a cool ride. Like, you know, you get to have the whole story, the mystery of the Twilight Zone. You're now entering and blah, 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 whatever. Okay. So there's actually two ghosts in the Tower of Terror that have been caught on camera. Like you can visibly see them on camera. Nuh-uh. Yeah. One of them will sit in the seat next to you. Um, there's actually a video of a routine maintenance inspection and they record, you know, every car, there's a camera in the car in the ride and every ride is recorded. And so there's, it's kind of a funny video to me because it's just this like 50 ish year old man doing his job, but his job is to inspect the ride. So he has to ride it and he's got his clipboard and his pen and the ride's dropping and the clipboard's coming up and he's trying to like write notes about the ride and stuff. What? It's really funny, but like that's his job. But during his ride, you see a ghost appear two or three times. And at one point it's sitting behind him. And at another point it appears like three seats down on the same row as him. And it's just like a flash of light, but it's a person like a white translucent person. You can see it very clearly in the video. Oh my gosh. The man doing the inspection doesn't see it. Like if, if he does, he doesn't like do he's anything. like whatever. Yeah. Like he's just trying to hold his clipboard because he's dropping <laughs> this ride. It's kind of funny. But yeah, the ghost like flashes into a couple different places and he's just like sitting there chilling, riding the ride with this man. Wow. Um, so the other ghost, there's another video um, where somebody is at Disneyland and they're just filming And they see something at the top of the outside of the Tower of Terror, like right Mm -hmm. when the car comes to the front of the hotel, right before it drops. Mm -hmm. And it is very clearly a transparent white ghost man sitting on the edge of the hotel watching people ride the ride. And then he just fades out and disappears. A lot of people have said it's Disney magic and it's like a hologram. It does not look like a hologram at all. I mean, it's almost like fog, but in the shape of a man. And then it's just gone. Oh, my god! So the car comes out. The lights flash as you scream on your way down. And then he just kind of dissipates. Wow. But you see him very clearly. Wow. Yep. So now it's time for the magical fireworks show. Everybody loves Disney fireworks, right? So we're going to go down to Main Street. And we're going to watch the fireworks show. And it's awesome. So um, some spirits like to sit atop Cinderella's castle and watch the show. I mean, can you blame them? I mean, why not? It's a great show, right? 
So there, there's a woman who, back in 2009, she was visiting Disneyland with her family, and she was recording the fireworks on her cell phone. And when she got home, she's watching all of her videos, and she noticed something odd in this particular video. And she put it on YouTube, and you can go watch it, and I'll, I'll link to all of this stuff. But if you're not familiar with how Cinderella's castle is built, it's built as a perspective building, which means it's not as tall as it looks. And a lot mm -hmm. of like the peaks and stuff are not as tall as they appear. They're built to look bigger. They're just built in perspective. Mm -hmm. So if there's somebody standing up there, it throws the perspective off because they'll look giant and the castle looks miniature in some parts. Mm -hmm. So she's filming the fireworks. And as she's panning over, you see a man, a gray see-through man <laughs> with his arm propped up on one of the perches of the castle watching the fireworks. What? He's just there, just He's hanging chilling. out. Yeah, he looks giant because of the perspective, but it's just, you know, the size of the castle that up there. But he's just chilling. It's a He's all gray, like kind of dark, foggy gray. You can't really make out any features or anything like that, but you can see pants and shoes and a shirt, like the long sleeve shirt. And his left elbow is like propped up. And he's just watching the show. Oh and then towards the end, as the show ends, her camera kind of pans back over there and you see him kind of fade out. But you see him two or three times during her video and then he just kind of disappears. A lot of people are like, oh, it's a maintenance guy. There's not a man. Like, you can't see a man. You know, like, our eyes can tell the difference between a flesh person. <laughs> yeah. And a see-through something. Yeah. And it's very obviously not a flesh and bone person. So there's something standing up there and it's very obvious and it's not trick photography or whatever. Like she literally just took this on her cell phone and that was it. Wow. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, there have also been sightings of a woman that they refer to as the lady in white. Of course. On Main Street. Yep. There's always a lady in white, right? Or a lady in black. And she's really yeah. scary. Lady in white appears in and around the stores on Main Street, and she's dressed in clothing from the turn of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. They don't know who she is. They don't know why she's there. Um, legend says that she died on the property in the early 1900s, but she never moved on. She's not malevolent, though. She's actually been said to guide lost children to guest services to oh. help them reconnect with their families. So she seems to be a very nice lady. Yeah. Mr. Disney makes appearances from time to time. As I said, Walt Disney's apartment was right on Main Street. It was the second floor, right above the fire station. Mm -hmm. He still comes to visit, people think. And uh, there's actually video of someone walking through the park that might be Mr. Disney, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, the fire station, the apartment above the fire station where Walt Disney lived... If you go there now, you'll notice that the lamp stays lit all the time. Right. And there's a reason for that. <clears throat> After his death, there was a cleaning lady who was responsible for going up and cleaning the apartment and whatever. Right. And she was leaving for the night, turned all the lights off, went downstairs. And when she gets downstairs and outside, she notices that the light's back on. She's like, what the heck? So she goes back up and she turns the lamp off, leaves again. The lamp is back on. So she's like, what is happening? So she goes upstairs, turns the lamp on, and sits down. And the lamp turns itself back on while she's sitting there watching it. 
And it's the pull string kind. It's not like a flip switch or a bulb is loose. Like you have to pull the string. Right. And she got the heck out of there. (laughs) She's like, this is weird. But they said that maybe it's Disney and he just wants to let them know that he's there. So in honor of him, they leave the lamp on all the time in his apartment. Yeah. And they've never had any issues. It just stays on all the time. Um, Wow. So like I mentioned a second ago, there is security footage now all over the park. I'm sure you guys know this. There's closed circuit television all over the park. There's security watching you all the time, wherever you are in the park, right? All the time. You're always on candid camera. So when you're looking at the screen, there's four different camera angles on one screen, right? And there, mm-hmm. so it's a continuous view of one area of the park within these screens. So as you walk out of one camera, you walk into another, right? Following me? Right. There is security footage. Some guy recorded, I guess it's a security guard from the park. He recorded this. You can see what looks to be a man walking through the park on all four of these screens. And they're in time. So he goes out of camera on one and he enters camera on the other through all four camera views and it's at first it looks like a beam of light hitting in such a way like it's just a straight line but you can clearly make out legs walking oh all the way through this section of the park wow and what strikes me as odd is right when the camera turns off like when the video ends it looks like the person starts walking across the water Oh, in the little in the lake or whatever, because it's like on a dock area and he walks in front of a ship and down a dock. And then right when the video ends, he starts to walk across the water. Like, that's Weird. so interesting. So a lot of people have said that that's Walt Disney. He yeah. walks through an iron gate in one part of it. Oh, my God. It's really interesting. It's really well, that's cool. really cool. Yep. So um, we've gone through the park. We've ridden rides. The park is now closing and it's time to hop on the monorail. For our ride back to the hotel, nowhere is safe, Aaron, even the monorail. The monorail. So in June of 1966, a 19-year-old by the name of Thomas Guy Cleveland, he was killed when he attempted to sneak into Disneyland along the monorail track. He scaled the park's 16-foot-high outer fence on grad night, and he climbed onto the track, intending to jump or climb down once inside the park. He ignored the shouts from the security guards because he thought they were chasing him, but instead they were warning him of the monorail coming up on where he was. And uh, he finally climbed down. He saw it coming, and he tried to leap clear of, of the train, and he thought he was. He climbed down onto a fiberglass canopy beneath the track, but it wasn't enough clearance. And the train struck him, killed him and dragged his body 30 to 40 feet down the track. Mm. So to this day, uh, monorail workers like the drivers and people riding have claimed that they've seen him running down the track and then he just disappears. Oh man. Yep. See that would, that would scare me simply because I would be like, Oh my God, there's someone on the track. Yeah, and like you think you're going to hit him and then he just yeah. finishes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, enjoy your stay at the happiest place on earth. Keep your eyes open for some uninvited visitors. Some guests that never left. Exactly. And cast members who just refuse to leave their shift. Oh my gosh. So there you go. The ghosts of Disneyland in California. Wow. <laughs> 
It's yeah. interesting to me. It's so it fascinating. Is. Yeah. Those are, I didn't know, I didn't know all of that. That's not even all of them. I just wanted to yeah. keep it kind of, you know, short and sweet, but. Wow. Yeah, there's more. There's other ghosts. But yeah, so apparently a lot of people bring the ashes of their loved ones to the park. That's messed up. Yeah. I think that's gross. Yeah. I don't like dead things. Yeah. Little dead thing ashes. I mean, there's there's a boy who died in one of the water areas, like by the Pirates of the Caribbean thing. Because yeah. they tried to swim. And they mm-hmm. thought that it was like an actual lake, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. got uh, a, an engine moving water underneath it, and he got caught up in the rapids, and he drowned. And people say oh. that they see him over there. Oh. Like there's there's other there's all kinds of other stories. So well, yeah. if you're interested in going to Disneyland this summer, just you know keep your eyes open, keep them peeled, check out. Check out the Cinderella's castle during the fireworks show and see if there's people watching from up high. Yeah. Look next to you if you sit by yourself in a ride. There might be some person of the other world sitting next to you. That's yeah. creepy. That, what I don't an like experience that. that would be, though, to be like, I have a conversation with someone who seems like completely alive, and then they'll be like, they're just Bye. gone. Like, gone. Yeah. You'd yeah. really question your sanity. I absolutely would. And I would like, want to see video footage of that ride. I'd be like, I need yeah. you to show me because I know for a fact that I talked to this redheaded man. Yeah. Who sat next to me. Mr. One Way. Mr. One Way. That's what they call him. <laughs> Why do they call get, him that? He gets on, but he doesn't get off. Oh, that's true. Okay. So that's that what they call sense. him. Yeah. Okay. And then Disco Debbie. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> yeah. It kind of oh, warms gosh. my heart a little bit, though, if Walt Disney is still there. Like, he mm-hmm. just can't leave because he loves it so much. And he walks mm-hmm. through the park just to make sure everything's good. And that's mm-hmm. kind of heartwarming, you know, to me. Yeah. But, yeah. So there you go. Ghost of Disneyland. There it is. Enjoy your wow. stay. <laughs> go there instead of New Orleans. Don't go to New Orleans, guys. Like, if you live in New Orleans, like, you're a brave soul. And tell me your ghost stories. Because I feel like every time I look at anything in New Orleans, it's like, hey, yeah, you can visit, but there are ghosts. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. But will they feed me? I mean, you and I have talked about going to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I, I would like to go. I've never been to New Orleans. I would like to go. Yeah. But I will go with an attitude of respect. Oh yeah, like for sure. I'm not gonna go on cheesy ghost tours, Heck and no. I'm not. You don't need to try. go on a ghost tour. You just no. walk through. There it is. Yeah, ghost tour. But I mean, I would love to see like some of the old cemeteries, and oh, I would yeah. like to see the architecture. It's beautiful down there. So yeah, I'd like to go. But I would definitely, like I said, I would go with an air of respect and just be like, look, I'm not here to make a mockery. I just want to look at the pretty things. If mm-hmm. you happen to show up in one of my pictures, I'll talk about you. It'll be but fine. that's it. Yeah. It's not a big deal. You don't need to touch me or don't talk touch to me. me. No. No. Please don't look out the windows. Don't at me. please don't look out the windows at me. No. <laughs> we awful. sound so brave. We're like, don't look out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look at all the houses. And like quickly, because I don't want to like no. catch a glimpse no. of something. Yeah. 
No. It would be so scary to see a face. Where it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm -mm. I don't want to hear anything. I would rather see something than hear something. Because all the stories in New Orleans are like bloody. You know? Yeah. And also, I'm gonna really I'm gonna are. go out on a limb here. If I'm gonna see a ghost in New Orleans, I want it to be the handsome Sultan. I saying. mean, you know, tall, blonde, yeah. If you're gonna see a ghost, he might. I as feel well like be he kind of looks like Alexander Skarsgård. That's what Ooh. I pictured in my head when I was reading that story last week. It's oh. like that's a pretty damn good looking ghost. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. Yeah. Wait a minute. Isn't that the guy that plays? He was on True Blood. Alexander Skarsgård. Tall, blonde, beautiful. He's very attractive. (laughs) Are you looking him up? (laughs) I am looking him up. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got him confused with somebody else. With who? (laughs) Hold on. Let me find out what his name is. Do you know that Alexander Skarsgård's younger brother played Bill. Penny, played Pennywise? That's who I got confused That's who you with. were thinking of? Yeah. I was, was like, he's not pretty. And he's really weird. Yeah. I mean, Alexander Skarsgård, he's, he's pretty. He's pretty, if pretty. I saw Bill Skarsgård at the end of my bed. Especially dressed as Pennywise, right? No, just him as his normal self. I'd be like, okay, someone get me a baseball bat. (laughs) I don't want this in my house. Get your evil out of my... He's got those eyes. Look, I'm sorry. Bill Skarsgård, if you ever hear this, um, big fan. You're a great actor. Uh, But but you're freaking terrifying looking. Yeah. He's got... Maybe it's just everything I've ever seen him in. He's just like dead-faced. And something about that freaks me out. Yeah. Freaks me out, man. I think this is... Okay, this is why I like ghost stories, okay? Here we go. Ghost stories are less scary to me than other stories because living people are terrifying. (laughs) They really are. Dead people, whatever. They're dead. That's it. They're going to look at you. They might scare you a little bit, but they're not going to hurt you. Living people will fillet you. Like, this is what I've Mm -hmm. learned. Yeah. And they and 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 like like that Golden State Killer dude? Yeah. They'll be happy about it. I will be gone into the night and you will be silenced and blurgity blurgity. Blurgity blurgity. That was his quote. It was a direct quote. That's why I like ghost stories. Blurgity. <laughs> well. Bill Skarsgård, he's spooky. Yeah, he's spooky. He is. Not nearly, and like on a Pennywise note, he is not scary. Pennywise, he was ridiculous as Penny. Like maybe it's just because I'm I'm old school, but I'm I think not like, he's terrifying as Penny. I just think, I mean, we you Pennywise know, you, is you terrifying. Heard me, you heard me at the yeah. beginning. I, clowns, no, just no. Right. Clowns of any kind, even the right. cute little friendly circus clowns, no. Right. The answer is always no. Clowns. What if it was Zac Efron dressed as a clown? No. No clowns. No. I don't care who it was. I don't care if it was Jason Momoa. No. Dressed as a clown. He's just got the red nose. No. That's coming up, by the way, Red Nose Day, and I am not happy about it. What is Red Nose Day? It's like for children's diabetes or something. 
And what do so you, you, you just wear? wear red? You buy a red nose and you wear it in support of kids. How about I just buy something and not wear it? Like, <laughs> yeah, they have all these. Like, if you go to Walgreens, there's like boxes of red noses that you can buy. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I don't mm-mm. like it. I don't like it. I mean, uh-uh. I get what they're trying to do. Uh uh-uh. uh. But like the that. answer is always no. Always no. Always no. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. I don't like that. Well, so there. There you go. <laughs> Happy Girls and Ghouls Day. Um, yep. Do us a favor. Send us your stories. Mm-hmm. Girls and Ghouls Podcast at gmail.com. Write a review. Write a review. Please Listen, write a review. We have a bone to pick. If you leave, <laughs> if you rate this podcast, you need to write a review as well. Don't just rate it and run because I feel like we've had a couple of trolls. I think so. Because we have a, what is it, one two star no, and one a, three star? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rating. Yeah. And I'm not happy about that. And there's not a review to go with it. All the reviews are fantastic. And we uh, we have 10 ratings. Eight of them are five star. One of them is three stars. One of them is two stars. Why? 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 Did you rate us two stars or three stars? Yeah, let us know. That's how we we go and grow. Yeah. We won't change, but we'll take it into consideration. You're just not our people. That's fine. But don't knock us down because you just don't understand the humor behind the paranormal. Okay? It's fine. It's fine. So <laughs> leave us a review. We would love it. We'll even read it. We'll read it. Yeah. Like, I like this one. Best creepy podcast. Love listening to the two of you. Could listen all day long. Keep them coming. My fave so far is David. Of course you like that one. Dear David. <laughs> of course you like that one. That was your story, and he is terrifying. He is terrifying. There haven't been any updates on that, have there? No. I haven't looked. He just stopped updating it. I, I continue to Do you check know what, every now and then. Do you then. know what I read? What? That it's a I hoax? read that he, that, he, that he faked it, and that he found out, he found a good thing, and that he... Got he, tired like, of maintaining he, it. He, but yeah, how do you explain the pictures? And the videos and the cats and the, it's just, I don't know. know. It just creeps me out. It creeps me out too, but I'm going to tell myself like, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Unicorns are real. David is not. David's not real. (laughs) Adam Ellis is, he's also not real now. Yeah. He just doesn't exist anymore. He's been wiped. (laughs) Done. Done. All right, guys. Leave us a review. Send us your story. If you have suggestions for stories you'd like us to cover, you can send us those too. If there's like a creepy haunting story from your hometown and you want us to talk about it, send it to us. We'll cover it. We're always open to suggestions. So, yeah. We will talk to you next weekend. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag Girls and Ghouls or tag us at Girls and Ghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.